two. Thoughts on the hoops with me, Laura Bradburn. Plenty to discuss today. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Thoughts in the Hoops with me, Laura Bradburn. It's great to have you all here. Um, it's been another fantastic week for Celtic. Well, some say fantastic if you ignore the first 45 minutes of the game against St Johnston, but we obviously had the had the really convincing win against Hibs on Wednesday night, which I actually um, wasn't planned, but got a last minute ticket to the game. So I was there and... Um, we'll be happy to offer my thoughts about um, some of what I saw uh, in the flesh on, um, on uh, was it Wednesday night? Must have been Wednesday night. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a bitter cold night. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough to be, well, for want of a better phrase, part of the Broad and Sandwich Brigade. I, I, I'm not going to go into how I came to be part of that way, safe to say, um, Safe to say someone was very kind to me, but um but yeah, a, a fantastic game, a lot different from the weekend, but we will get into that. We're also going to discuss a few other things. We're going to discuss um obviously Brendan Rogers has been very much in Celtic fan media this week for his comments, uh, brutal as they have been about some of the some of the players. We're going to talk about uh that brutality and whether whether A, whether it's justified and B whether it does the job that it's supposed to do and 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 works um and we're also going to talk a little bit about you know some of the good performances from Wednesday night some of the players who are stepping up to the plate a little bit um we're going to talk about um Matt O'Reilly specifically in the season that he's having and we're also going to talk a little bit about um the departure of of or the potential departure at this point of Harry Kuehl, uh, to follow the well-trodden path from Australia to um, Yokohama. Uh, Rumours are that following the departure of Kevin Musket, he is in the hot seat, or in the in line for the hot seat, um, following on from Kevin Musket and obviously Ange before him. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and some thoughts I have about continuity in the way football clubs are run why it can be good why it can be bad um and and what we as a club can learn from that going forward um there is one other topic that has reared its head in the last couple of days i did put a i did put a a a, a poll out on twitter to see if people would want me to talk about it um and it's obviously the whole um joey barton issue and his thoughts on female pundits and commentators and things like that he's had a few things to say for himself now I know it's not everybody's cup of tea to talk about and you just want to talk about the football so because I'm very conscious of that um, I'm going to share my thoughts on some of his comments and my response to some of those comments at the end of the stream so I will say when I'm about to speak about it and if you're kind enough to still be here when I do start speaking about that then um, you'll be free to well, you're free to leave at any time, I suppose, but you'll certainly be free to 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 leave at that point. 
Um, but yeah, let's let's get started. Before we get into what we want to talk about, obviously get in the chat, say hello. I see a few of you have tuned in already. Um, let's see who's who's there and um, uh, you know like subscribe do all that good stuff the podcast is live on youtube every friday at 7 p.m but it does go up uh, there's clips go up on the youtube channel throughout the week if you just want to um sort of take it in in small bites um and there's also the audio that goes up on the on the all the usual podcast platforms as well so um plenty of places to get it if you don't want to be staring at my ugly mug um an hour at a time on a friday night um, what I was going to start with was obviously um Brendan Rodgers' comments after the uh, game against St Johnston last week. Now all all was well. We did end up winning the match. We came out in the second half and we really um uh, stamped our authority on the match. Um, but what was clear from Brendan's comments was that I think he used the phrase he's never been as angry in his career as he was um, at halftime. Um, now, Brendan does like a little bit of hyperbole, but I do believe that that's probably the case, given the performance that, that we had. I, I was actually out doing a bit of Christmas shopping um, when the first half was happening and was keeping up to date with the, with the scores, as you do these days, getting notifications on my phone. And I did put on Twitter that I was heading home to watch the second half and how how was it going and the feedback was not good it was not good um I, I did manage to then re-watch that first half at a later point and yeah everything everybody said was was bang on the money Yang was had about as bad a performance in a Celtic shirt as I think it's possible to have but I wanted to t- say a little bit about that before I move on to some of the other players that, and, and and how they performed Yang did have a really bad performance, but I've heard people talk about, you know, um, he's shouldn't set foot in a Celtic shirt again and all that kind of thing. I think he's merited enough to be given another shot. Really, he's not in a he's not in a situation like Mikey Johnston that we're going to talk about, who who has had multiple chances over multiple years and still hasn't proven himself. So to write him off when you've still got somebody like Mikey Johnston in the in the fray is is probably a little bit unfair. Um, so Yang, yeah, I think he, I think he probably needs to get a little bit, or a little bit more, um, uh, support. Uh, everybody can have a bad day at the office and I think that was one for him. A few comments coming in already. There's, um, one from, um, Daniel McAlpine on YouTube. Hi from South Africa. Uh, I think you take the biscuit for, unless somebody else who's in the comments, um, can can beat that. I think that's my furthest afield viewer that I've been aware of. So thank you very much for tuning in, Daniel. Uncle Nobby Steamboat. I know that that name from from back in the Axom days. Howdy, Laura. Howdy, troops. Uh, good to see you. And uh, my personal cheerleader these days, Lisa McLean. She's in there as well. So hello to you. Um, if you've got anything you want to say, any questions you want to ask, or any comments you want to make on everything that I have. Um, everything that I've said um, then please do um, Mark McDonald says uh, Yang not even on the bench on Wednesday that is telling from Brendan I mean I th- it, it absolutely is you know it's you can't you can't argue with that but then there's two ways he could have approached that he could have said um, I'll put him straight back in and we'll try and put his confidence up because it's been so 
battered by that performance or he could have said, you know, just take him out the firing line, one of two. I don't think it indicates that it is going to be the end of the road for him, but uh, we'll need to wait and see. One interesting player who's been getting a lot, a lot of um, coverage recently is Mikey Johnson because wide players, although we have quite a few of them, injuries have dictated that we are short on choices and Mikey Johnson is therefore back in the frame as far as selections concerned. Um, and he didn't have a great performance against um, St Johnston, it has to be said. Uh he strangely um, has managed to make the team of the week this week, even though I, I think he's done very little to merit it. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some comments that Brendan made. Um, although he was very angry at the team in general, there's a particular clip I want to show of him having a go at Mikey specifically. And I want to talk about it um, and just talk a little bit about what I think it does. So and whether it's an effective way to to manage the players because there's a lot of people say you know keep keep these things behind closed doors keep keep things behind the dressing room um uh and defend them in public but um as we as we saw when he spoke to the BBC recently um he had something else to say so I'm just going to share here this is him speaking post match after the St Johnston game about um Mikey Johnson specifically he starts off talking about other players but we'll 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 go through it and then we'll talk about what he says who were you with the the guys that came in tonight oh obviously gets two goals and and his patience as well to de- deliver like that when he's had to sort of wait for his opportunity if yeah I think he works ever so hard at his game every day so he's ready when he when he comes in and uh, yeah I was very very pleased for him a good reference point for the team and he shows that he can score in the box but he can also make runs in behind and he took his took his goals really really well uh, Tomo was uh, was solid in midfield we just wanted him to come in there and, and get that feeling. Uh, of, of playing, I would have played him be, before, but he had been injured a few times. We we're going to play him, uh, so I thought he was steady. Uh, Mikey needs to do more. That, that, that's the reality. He uh, he has big talent. He comes into the game, and uh, but if we're going to start the game, we need more impact from him. So um, and uh, but that's something that hopefully we can see over over the course of time. So that was my mistake. It was that was actually after the Hibs after the Hibs game. Um, so that was that was after Wednesday night. Obviously, O scored the two goals um, and uh, and Mikey Johnston started the match. Um, full of praise for, for O and the fact that he got two goals, obviously. He took them both well. First one was a bit fortuitous. Second one was was very clinical finishing. But, Mike, but after the comments that he made about being very angry at the St Johnston game, um, he then makes those comments um, about Mikey Johnston and says he needs to do more and and, and picked him out like that in public. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I've said before, people have seen before um, on various platforms and things like that, that, I'm not a huge fan of Mikey Johnston. I think there are a lot of players who have had a lot less chances than he's had to make their mark at Celtic um, and then been rightly or wrongly um, dismissed. He seems to consistently get chance after chance after chance and doesn't always prove himself in that in, in the way that most people think they should. And so probably what Brendan's saying there about him needing to do more isn't wrong. But I do have a bit of discomfort 
if you're the manager, um, coming out and saying that to a bunch of people who are going to just run with that and make stories and headlines out of it. I mean, the fact I'm, the fact is I'm talking about it right now. Um, and I think, I don't know, I, obviously Brendan Rodgers is a much... He, he's an experienced manager, he knows what he's doing. Um, but I just wonder if the the nature in which he chooses to pick him out there and single him out, maybe he's thinking, I've tried everything else and I, and I don't really know what to do with the guy. Um, but I think... I think it's it's difficult to know whether you're making the right the right decision um as as far as that's concerned um I guess time will tell um but one person who does agree with me is um is is Peter Grant he he said and it's it's on sales here right now um he said uh, Brendan Peter Grant questions Brendan Rodgers St Johnston half time anger says he's expressed reservations this is on sales here by the way great resource for for Celtic uh, stories um Despite the team's eventual 3-1 comeback and a subsequent 4-1 win over Hibernian Grant believes Rodgers questions the player's commitment was was uh was unjustified um, Grant said on Go Radio, I was surprised he said that because I didn't think they were all that bad. I tell you what they were bad at when they get into the final third. The the finishing was poor. Um, he says he wasn't surprised that he took Yang off. Um, but he obviously thinks that maybe it was a little bit over the top, the, the criticism and... I guess Peter Grant's got his his right to his opinion as well. He he knows how he would have liked to have been treated as a a, a player, and uh, that's that's fair enough as well. Um, but I I do have a little bit of reticence when it comes to um kind of the way that that he's spoken about it this week, and really what what benefit that it does have, um. And and yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I do see some more comments coming in. F- please feel free. Um, Uncle Nobby Steamboat says this will be the make or break for Mikey Johnston last chance saloon. I mean, I think it is the last chance saloon. But how often have we said that about the guy? Um, he's been in the last chance saloon so long. Uh, he must have drunk them dry. Um, yeah. Um. Tobago Street Police Station Celtic Supporter Club says perhaps speaking to Mikey in private hasn't worked. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. Um, he's maybe thinking it's it's the last straw. Um, and uh, yeah, that's um, an interesting one from Joseph McGonagall. All right, Laura was looking at my old Celtic match day programs. Did you do a piece on the Blackburn game in two thousand and ten? Um. You'll need to let me know, Joseph, if you mean in the programme or if you mean online because, I, to my knowledge, nothing that I've ever written has been published in a Celtic uh, match day programme, but um, I have written a fair few pieces over many, many sites. Um, uh, I've even written a little piece about Marco Negri, but we'll not talk about that because people don't like when I talk about that, even though it wasn't as some one person described uh, a love letter to me, Marco Negri. Let me know, by the way, guys, because I did have the idea that um, as part of one of my podcasts, one week I might do a, a breakdown of that article and why I wrote it and uh, and that kind and 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 
why it isn't a love letter to Rangers from the 90s, as some people like to suggest. I think they sometimes just see Rangers or a Rangers player in the in the headline and think, oh my God, you know, she loves Rangers. That's not true. Uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. However, uh, I don't think he'll be watching this because, uh, <laughs> well, you'll know why in a minute, but my um, Rangers supporting brother-in-law is... Um, 40 tomorrow and I have copious amounts of Rangers gifts in my house at the moment because I always joked with him that I would never buy him anything Rangers themed and uh, I thought I'll swallow my pride for his 40th birthday and get him some some Rangers stuff um, it's all bogging obviously but uh, he'll like it probably um, anyway uh, as Greg Taylor says uh, that was a little bit random um, so on back on to, to the players and things like that. The reason why the reason why I think the the approach from Brendan Rogers was a little bit um haphazard or a little bit emotionally driven and listen I I, I would be a hypocrite if I said uh not to be emotionally driven in the aftermath of a poor Celtic performance, because goodness knows uh, I am certainly like that. Um but he was obviously emotionally driven after the after the St Johnston game, and I actually have to say his, his press conference. I think it was on Monday. Uh, the first question you could obviously tell the reporters were really keen to to push that narrative more and more and get more out of him in that sense. And he'd obviously had time to calm down and was trying to retract it. Uh, the reason I'm saying that I'm going to I'm going to um show you here um so this is video footage from the um press conference was it monday i think it was um and this is what he had to say uh, in response to the first question that was asked of him brendan just a half oh, yeah, yeah, the other day obviously said you're really angry really angry you've been a ball at ball half time, half time the discussion you had, you had a half time, time that a, a wider thing, thing that you do need to have with the players or is the hope that yeah, having that discussion is that done, done. That's it, that's it. Well, well, the, problem the problem is, is if, you, if you speak to them at half-time and then you don't get the reaction, so uh, that's when it's the, the, the big problem. Now, the, the, these guys have been brilliant, uh, and uh, and every now and then you you just need a reminder that, uh, that Celtic's a club, you don't go through the motions, either as a staff member or a, a player, and, uh, and we went through the motions in the, in the first half. So, uh, for whatever reason that was, we needed to be better. In the second half, we were much more intense, much more aggressive in our game, with and without the ball. And, and you've seen the, the quality of our goals and the quality of our play. So, uh, and that's it. So, we move on to the next game. Yeah, you'll be expecting a quick start on Wednesday night. Very quick. <laughs> So that was that was Brendan uh, taking it in good humour, obviously there um, at the end. But you could tell from the question that the reporter asked that he was pushing for a little bit more out of him in terms of the same reaction and the same response. Because let's face it, it gets clicks, it, it gives fodder for articles, it it makes it makes content for people. It makes content for me to talk about. It makes content for us all to discuss. Brendan obviously knew better than that and thought, you know, I made my point clear on 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 Sunday or yeah, on Sunday. And uh, I don't really want to delve into it any further. And I think that's fair. 
you know, I think I think to do any more than that, to carry it on, would have not only seemed probably a little bit disingenuous, um, but it would have also probably done damage to his relationship with some of the players. You know, he's called players out, he's, he's, he's made his point, basically. And uh, he doesn't need to, to go on about that anymore, you know. Um, there's a... There's Joe McGonagall says, Sorry, Laura, it was a Laura Brannan who wrote the article. I got mixed up with your second name. I'll tell you something, Joseph. That isn't the first time that's happened to me. Um, and I have to say, I don't mind it because Laura used to work for Celtic and then I think she was head of content for Motherwell for a time. And I believe now she's down working for Sky Sports and is a great host on... Um, the Scottish food, football podcast as well, which I think actually this week has been hosted by um, Amy Canavan, who obviously I've I've shared the platform with before, and um, is is really talented as well. All these talented um, female football content creators and contributors. Um, I mean, who would who wouldn't like that? Um, but. Uh, yeah, exactly, Lisa. Nobody, nobody tell Joey. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be, wouldn't he be very happy about that, would he? Um, so, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on on the whole Brendan situation. I, I think I think we've picked that over enough in terms of his reaction from the other night. But, um, but yeah, safe to say, I think he's made his point. I don't think he wants to labour the point anymore. I think he's had enough of digging people out he's hoping that it's had the reaction that that he wants it to have as he said sometimes you get used to going through the motions um and uh, and it's really um it's time to move on and get back to winning ways and things like that so um i think that's what we're going to do um before we move on to the next one just a wee reminder call to action i think they call it um if you haven't already Give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube. Uh, if you want to turn on the bell, the little bell button next to the subscribe, you'll get a notification every time I go live or every time I post a video. Um, or if you're the type of person who likes me in your ears when you're out and about, you can uh, subscribe on or follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app that you like to listen to. Whichever one you're on, please um, obviously leave me a review as well. That would be fantastic because... Um, that really helps the podcast get out and about. Um, we've actually seen quite a lot of traffic come our way on the YouTube channel. People obviously very interested in the first video clip that I put up there, but there's other great content going to be on there as well um, if you want to watch it. Yeah, Joey Who, Tobago Street, it's... Uh, no, don't know who we're talking about. Um, if he wants to talk about how good uh, how good he was in Scottish football, that's something that he can do. Um, it would be a very short discussion, though I have to say. Um. So moving on to Wednesday night, I was very excited to go to the game because I haven't been to a game in a while. Um, despite the fact that if you can remember, it was bitterly, bitterly cold on Wednesday night. Um and. Uh, in some ways that's a great way to go at the football because you, you can get yourself a wee bovril or a wee pie and heat yourself up and all that but I was really excited uh, I was going with my brother who I haven't been to a game with uh, I was with my older brother at the Lazio game um, but my 
other brother I was with, um, we've not been to a game together for, I dread to think, years at this point. Um, and uh, we had a fantastic time. Great people sitting around us. Um, had a good laugh. One of the guys in the row in front of us had a bet on um, for Celtic to get 10 corners in the first half. And we did manage that, I think. Or he, he certainly thought we had, so um, I wasn't keeping count, but he jumped up uh, when we got a corner in the 44th minute. And I it, honestly, I don't think I've seen somebody celebrate a goal more than that. It was crazy. But uh, but yeah, we've, um, we were there and uh, it was really, it was a fantastic game to watch because we had a chance to see some, some different faces that we don't normally see. Obviously, Mikey Johnson started the game, O started the game ahead of Kyogo, um and Iwata in the in the midfield with with McGregor and O'Reilly um and the first the first thing I actually want to talk about is that midfield um people have been screaming out for um people have been screaming out for that midfield uh trio We've been screaming out for O'Reilly and, and McGregor in the forward positions and and Tomoki Iwata sort of being the anchor man and tidying things up. And I have to say, very often uh, football managers are proved right at the expense of football fans. But for every Celtic fan who's wanted that that particular trio to be together, um, they were proved emphatically right on on, on, on the night. Um, now, I, I'm not the type of person, I'm not an Alan Morrison who has all the stats to hand, but... What I saw from from my own observations was Matt O'Reilly absolutely running the show. I mean, he his passing was so good. He, he, he can find passes uh, that nobody else can see. It, he's get the skill not only to see them but to execute them. I always say that that like there are players who can see passes but can't execute what comes into their head, and then there's other players who can do very technically good things but can't see the passes that, that are the real killer ones. When you get that combination of somebody that can do both, um, that you're on to a real winner. Um, and, and he was absolutely, you know, he, he was the, the centre of everything that was good for us um, on the night. Um, and I really thought, I thought he was fantastic. He's just going um from strength to strength this season. Um, Kaiser... Uh, Kaiser HTTC says, holy water was outstanding. We've been calling for that trio since Ange. Absolutely. I mean, he I I I called him Tidy Tomoki on 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 the night because he was just so I said to my brother actually, I said he says, Well what what is it you like about him so much? And I says, You're just never worried when you see the ball coming towards him. You know how there and we've certainly had a lot of players um that when the ball comes towards them, you kind of feel, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. The touch could go here, it could go there, it could go anywhere. He was just a calming influence. He could put his foot in the ball. He could find passes. He was cutting off the Hibs players when they were trying to formulate attacks through the central channels. He was just fantastic. Um, and his distribution was great as well. I would I would think he's going to be very hard to shift out of that um out of that position. Mark McDonald says, um, what happens when Hatati is fully fit? I mean never a bad never a bad thing to have um 
too many choices but I don't know what's going to happen to be absolutely honest because there's a there's a potential that you've got Iwata who you know has come in and performed as good as he has he got praised by Brendan after the match as we saw in that earlier video clip and all you want from these players is to come in and prove why they should be in it's then up to the manager to make the decision that he wants to make about whether that player then stays in the team um, but for me Hatati's going to have work to do to earn his shirt back if this midfield stays the way it is because um, McGregor um, as Joseph McGonagall says um, uh, Callum plays better for Scotland because McTominay sits Iwata could bear McTominay and I, I totally get that like I think I think McGregor don't get me wrong in, in his younger years was Definitely an adept defensive midfielder and had the had the ability and ambition and and work rate to do that. But I definitely feel like he um is maybe losing a little bit of the engine that's required to, to be in that position. I think I think he likes the freedom of being further forward because he maybe can find pockets of space where he's not having to work quite as hard and he's got a great shot on him, he's got great passing ability, he can turn on the ball. Um I, I really like McGregor in that forward position and I think um uh that uh, I think he will benefit from being further forward like that and and supporting a, a player of the of the quality of O'Reilly. Um in terms of um looking at the slightly less positive side of of, of the game. Or, or no, let, let's stick to the positives for a little bit longer. I wanted to talk a little bit about O and the fact that he got two goals. Now, like I said, the first one was fortuitous, but the second one, we can debate whether Callum meant to pass it to him or to Palma. Okay. Um, I'm going to give Callum the benefit of the doubt, even though I, I know I'm talking absolute rubbish here. Um, But... O did exactly what you want him to do. Um, he took his chances well and he finished them off well. And do you know what really frustrates me? What really frustrates me? I'm not a betting person by any stretch of the imagination. But I put a wee bet on on, uh, on, on the night when I was at the game. I had Celtic to score three or more goals uh, with one and a half goals coming in the f- one and a half goals or more coming in the first half, O to score two and Mikey Johnston to score one. So I was a Mikey Johnston goal away from, I don't even want to say how much money it was. You were in the high hundreds basically and I thought I was going to be buying everybody a drink. It didn't happen unfortunately um, and I was a bit raging but, um, but no, O is slowly, slowly starting to find his feet a little bit more and find his confidence a little bit more and that's really, really good to see. Um, Lisa McLean says, I love Hatati, but has he been as good this season? I mean, I don't think he has been, but then also there was that little period where I think he was getting used to Brendan as a manager and he was struggling to maybe understand the role that he was being asked to play and it was starting to click just when he got that injury um and yeah it's going to it's going to be a really interesting conversation um about whether he's going to get in 
Um, uh, Kaiser HTTC says, definitely think Cal picked O out. He sees the strength of O every day in, in training. I think you're being generous there, Kaiser. But hey, as Joey would say, I'm a woman, what do I know? But no, it was a fantastic, fantastic game and, and I really enjoyed it. Some of the some of the more downsides to it, um, again, uh, when Furuhashi came on, he didn't set the heather alight, but I tend to think, maybe I'm being a bit too generous because I really like him, but I tend to think that that's more to do with a lack of, of service. Um, rather than his ability. Um, I think he probably is looking for a little bit more sort of delivery into the box, whether it's low crosses or through balls or things like that, um, that he's not getting. I think we've got wide players who like to cut inside and take shots and stuff like that. And obviously for, for Kyogo, that's not as effective a way for him to get goals. So um, that's maybe where that's coming in. But um, listen, it's Kyogo Furuhashi. He's, he's going to score goals for us no matter what. He's, he's going through a tiny, tiny wee bit of a dry spell at the moment, but I don't think that's anything to do with him. Mark saying uh, an MJ goal uh, while too much unicorn juice. Listen... I uh, I can't comment on that, obviously, but what I will say is uh, I was very excited when I put that bet on and uh, maybe I thought... Maybe I thought I was... Uh, take my chance. St- the th- annoying thing is, and this is, why, this is why I don't bet, right? Because... Um, I'd have got a, f- a fair whack of money if just we'd scored one and a half goals and over in the first half, scored four goals overall, and O had scored his two goals. That but I just got too greedy, man. I just got too greedy. And that was a problem. Um and I think he I think that's part of the part of the issue. Um but yeah, uh, the positives positives far outweighed the negatives on Wednesday night. Mikey Johnson, I would even say I'm reluctant to defend the guy, but I actually thought that our play was so focused down the left-hand side and, and Palma was prioritised as being our main threat that it was difficult for Mikey Johnson to get into the game. I don't think he was necessarily playing badly or wasn't effective on the night. I think he just... um. I think he was just on the wrong side of the pitch in terms of the way that the play was going most of the time. Um, and that's probably most of the reason why he uh, why he wasn't as effective as he could have been. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's probably uh, I think that's probably why um, he he wasn't as good. Um, Still a couple of bits and bobs to talk about. I didn't say it at the top of the show, but um, one of the things I want to talk about is obviously the um, potential um, transfer of Bojan Miofsky from Aberdeen. Um, now, I think everybody's aware that O is still finding his feet. Um, Kyogo's but um, a heavy fall away from 
another injury to that shoulder or something something even worse. Um, and so the chances of him uh, seeing out the season without needing a rest are limited. So there has been talk about Mayovsky maybe making the move from Pitodri to Parkhead. I'm just going to bring it up here. Uh, Celtic set to table bumper transfer fee for Aberdeen's Mayovsky. Now I'm not a I'm not a journalist by trade, far from it. But I always wonder how journalists and maybe if anybody knows one, um they can let me know. Uh, there's Uncle Nobby Steamboat saying uh right troops need to go and get ready for a party. Great show, Laura. Next to see you, God bless. That's great. Thanks very much for tuning in, Nobby. I appreciate it. Enjoy your party. Uh some people have a social life on Friday night, some people are sitting doing a podcast on their Todd, but I appreciate that I've got a few people in this in the chat with me tonight. I really appreciate that. But yeah, I, I always wonder is when journalists um say that Celtic are set to table this bumper bid, how they get that information? Is it are they in touch with agents? Are they in touch with the player specifically? Do they know somebody in the boardroom that's set to make the bid? Who knows, but um be interesting to see behind that. Um, but it says Celtic are reportedly weighing up a January transfer bid for Aberdeen star Bojan Miofsky. The North Macedonian striker has been hit a hit with the dawn since he arrived at the club, scoring 18 goals last term and a notch in 11 already this season. So he's ahead of um most of our squad in terms of goals. Um uh, I think those goals are coming across across all competitions, certainly, because I think as far as I know, we're our players are some of the top scorers in the league. Um, but still, I mean, a fair whack of goals, especially when you consider how how bad Aberdeen have been otherwise this season. I think they're sitting in eleventh at the time of recording, um, and Barry Robson's job is under threat. But Miofsky's still obviously finding the net. Celtic are looking to bolster their attack options in January with Kyogo, Furuhashi, Dyson Maeda, and Oh Young. You all likely to be involved in the Asia Cup shortly after New Year. I'm not going to lie. Before I read this this story, I actually completely forgot about that. <laughs> I completely forgot that that was a possibility. And really, yes, we do need to make sure that. We've, I mean, most big clubs like to have three or four strikers who are who are freely scoring um, on their books. Uh, we don't have that, and so Miofsky would be a fair would be a fair. Uh, consideration in that sense um, the story also goes on to state that Celtic would need to pay a record fee for the player to be sold to between the two Scottish clubs um, to gain his services in the January transfer window the record currently stands at 4.4 million a fee that was paid for Celtic by Celtic for Scott Brown from Hibs now I'm shocked that that is still a record for a transfer fee between two Scottish clubs, you're talking about a transfer that was somebody correct me um, if I'm wrong um, but I think that's like 2007 or 2008 he must have signed for us. Maybe even a bit earlier, um, uh, Scott Brown. So the fact that that record still stands says a lot about um, a lot about the Scottish game and the lack of finances perhaps um, in the game. Um, but it goes on to say Miofsky, um moved to the Granite City for a bargain fee of 650000 from MTK Budapest 18 months ago. So... Listen, Aberdeen, if they manage to get that kind of money out of us, what a, what an investment that, that is, is uh, 
been for them. Um, that bit makes me laugh. The Sun also state that Rangers have scouted Miofsky, but the fee being discussed will likely price the Ibrox outfit out of January negotiations. I mean, obviously. Uh, obviously. But, I mean, I'd like to know your guys' in the, guys' thoughts in the chat. Like, what do you what do you think? Um, is Miofsky a player that you would like to see play for us? Um, Mark McDonald says that he scores at international level too. So, so um, you know, some people saying that he might not be... Um, he might not be the, of the class that we need. But, I mean... I might be being a bit unambitious here, but a player who scores goals for us, wherever they score goals, is one that I'm going to be happy with. Um, and I sometimes think a striker especially um, is the kind of player that as long as you have the players of the quality to put the ball on, on a plate for them or to put it in place for them, um, they're going to they're going to score goals no matter who it's up against. So I, I, I've really liked him and I I actually had said to friends and stuff like that that I thought he was somebody we should, we should be going for. So when these um when these rumours started, um I was really pleased to see them. Um and Joseph McGonagall says uh that he thinks that he's a player that, that Rogers could get a tune from. That's I mean, that would be great if uh that would be great if we could because um it really would it really would um help us in a time that we're going to be short on strikers although knowing our luck we'll probably bring him in and he'll either be injured when we sign him or he'll get injured like immediately after we sign him so we'll need to wait and see um but yeah that's that's all I have to say about um this week's goings on um I think it's been mostly a positive week obviously we get the two wins I think the St Johnston game, the first half performance shouldn't be um, shouldn't be completely forgotten about, but it's something that we need to bear in mind, and I'm sure I'm sure Brendan will bear in mind uh, not to let us get complacent or or anything like that. Um, I think uh, I think that's what's important. Um, Michael Fern says. Uh, you can't sign a guy like that for money like that for one month of football. What happens to him after Okyogo and Maeda come back? I mean, I get your point, I suppose, but uh, I think I I don't know. I, I if if he's good enough, I don't think it's bad for us to have that number of good options. I think. I think we're all a little bit scared of having a squad that's too big because we've been scared uh, because we've been disappointed with the quality of the people in that squad. But um but I think he I think he we always talk about wanting somebody to come in and either make the backup option better or or maybe even take the the front spot and by default make the backup option better because you've pushed somebody that was previously into the team onto the bench. I think he could do that. Um, I, I really think he could do that for us and I hope, I personally hope to see us make a bid for him in, in, in January. I, I think he would be an ideal signing for us and I'm not going to lie, I signed him 
in Football Manager in 2023 and he was absolutely banging them in. So if you don't need, uh, if you need proof, uh, what more proof than that do you need? Um, so yeah, do what I did, Celtic. Sign him up and uh, you'll absolutely trounce all before you. But yeah, that's that's... That's it for the for the the week's news as opposed uh, in terms of the playing staff. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Harry Kuhl and his potential move um to Yokama Marino. So again, um, I've got some uh some news here from Celts are here. Um, they're talking about Harry Kuhl set to leave Celtic for J League management role. Coach Harry Kuhl is reportedly. Le- leading the race for the managerial position at uh, Yokohama Marinos in the J-League. Um, and I think... Uh, I think this isn't a surprise because obviously Kuehl was brought into Celtic um, because of his links to to um, Kyogo. Uh, to Kyogo. Links to Ange Postacoglu. Um, and so the fact that Ange left, I... To be honest, I was actually surprised that Kuehl didn't go with him to, to Tottenham and, and I don't know what the reasons would have been for that. But um, but yeah, he's, he's still at us um, and I think he's got I, I think he's got the potential to be a good manager. I think um, anybody who's heard him talk, I've, I've watched quite a few. He did a, a really in-depth interview with Celtic TV um, uh, not that long ago, actually, and he, he really seemed to seems to be a really passionate guy about football. I think people sometimes forget quite how good a player he was as well. Um, and I think he could really um, make a difference for, for Yokohama F. Marinos. And, and let's face it, Ange coming to us and doing what he did has already benefited Kevin Musket. If Kevin Musket, uh, I presume he's leaving because he's got another job lined up. If he comes and does well in Europe on off the back of that, it's going to be seen as a legitimate way for people to progress their careers. Um, Yokama F. Marinos are part of the City Group, so they're already in a situation where they are, you know, well backed and things like that. So uh, it would be it would be interesting to see what Harry Kuehl can do there and and what that might mean for his future prospects. Um, uh, there's um, B Patterson. Thanks very much for getting involved in the chat. Um, of all the benefits that the midfield three is that they're very interchangeable and can all to varying deg- degrees play a defensive role when required. That's absolutely true. That's going back to the discussion we were having about Iwata, McGregor and um, and O'Reilly. Yeah, I think that interchangeability is good because I think you see it with the forward lines of teams very often, but actually it works across the pitch. If you can swap players around, it kind of makes um, the opposition second-guess themselves. They don't always know that the switch has been made. They don't always know um, who's supposed to be picking up who. So that that variability, that versatility um, and that interchangeability would be really good for for the midfield. And I I agree that that's something I would like to see see going forward. to anybody who's watching, thanks very much for sticking with me this far. We're 47 minutes into the stream um, and we'll be finishing up just around about the hour mark. I did say at the beginning of the stream that I would be sticking mostly to Celtic topics um, until near the end. So if you're wanting to dip out now before I, I address the the comments by Joey Barton, then please feel free to do so. I absolutely won't um, hold it against anybody, but I felt that 
as somebody who is female and is trying to make my own content, I did want to address um, the comments that he did make. So, Joey Barton on Twitter this week, I'm not sure why he chose to do it, but he chose to um, single out a, a young woman who it looks like was working for Man City TV, doing a little bit of pitch side content for Instagram, TikTok, that kind of thing, as is the way of the modern world. These channels and these teams are trying to get out on these platforms and it's how younger people consume um, and follow teams very often in cases where they can't go and watch them live because of money or 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 geography or whatever you want to call it. Um, and he was quite disparaging about her and it has led into a discussion where he has pulled in female presenters like Laura Woods, he's pulled in female pundits like Enya Luko, Emma Hayes, Alex Scott, name who you want, they've all ended up, uh, you know, dragged into this debate. And his his apparent um, stance on it is that women shouldn't be allowed to comment on men's football. Um, he states that the reason for that is that women's football isn't played to the level of men's football and therefore um, women don't have experience of playing men's football um, and don't have experience of, of football at that level with that quality, with those stakes and they shouldn't therefore be involved. It has since descended into him making some really quite disparaging and quite disgusting remarks about some of the female um, uh, football people. Uh, that he has previously addressed and he started to really show show uh, an opinion that I, I, I'm not a fan of. Um, but what I wanted to say about it was that I, I, I agree to some extent with the initial comments that he was making in, in that... There is a difference between men's and women's football. There is a difference between the, the quality of it at the moment. I, I don't think anybody's sitting arguing that the men's game isn't of a higher quality. It it couldn't fail to or it it couldn't it couldn't not fail to to be of a higher quality given that, that it has been better funded and more established over a longer period of time. So I don't think anybody's sitting here saying that women's football is as good a quality as men's football. Where I have the issue is I don't understand why he would say women can't comment on men's football because we've all got eyes, we've all got ears, we've all got an appreciation of what we watch. Um, and okay, there's certain things I can be educated on from a footballer um, that I won't understand or have the nuance of because I haven't played the game at that level. But I should be allowed to be part of the conversation. I shouldn't be dictated to in terms of um, that I'm immediately not allowed to have an opinion because I'm a woman. He seems to be taking the stance that you're a woman, so therefore your opinion isn't valid or your opinion can't be listened to or your opinion can't be 
taken into consideration when a when a conversation is having around is being had around football, and I just don't understand why that's the case. I, as I've said to people before, I'm a terrible cook, but I know whether a steak is cooked well or not. Um, I couldn't make a film to save myself, but I know a good film when I see one. Um, I can't play piano. But I can appreciate a good piano player. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I get why you would want the opinion of a professional footballer whose trade it is. And I get even more so why you would then say, well, if we're going to talk about a certain level of football, we have to have people who've played that level of football um, engaged in that conversation. But that shouldn't exclude other people from that conversation. It's by its very nature, it's a conversation. There should be even even if my role in that conversation is to ask the questions that other people watching would want asked, even if it's to prompt the professional to give us information that we wouldn't otherwise get or wouldn't otherwise know. Why that would have to be a man doing that or a woman do, as opposed to a woman doing that, I've absolutely no idea. I just and and that's before going into some of the other comments he's made, which I'm not even going to give uh, the oxygen to. It's it's disappointing and it's kind of... Oh, jeez. <coughs> I'm allergic to the guy just even talking about him. Um, uh, Michael Fern says, because he needs the clicks. If he didn't say that, would you be talking about him? He, he must be selling a book. You're not far off, Michael, I have to say. I'm not going to say what he is doing, but he's not selling a book, but it has come to light that he's promoting something that he's starting because this knowledgeable man about football who's just recently been sacked and obviously can't get another job um, or or hasn't been offered another job, I should say. Um, he, yeah, he's doing something else. He's doing something else. Um, Lisa McLean says, um, I watch quite a few podcasts and I'm on Twitter every day. I very rarely make comments on the actual game though because of people like Joy. And that's that's really sad. Like that's really, really sad. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of upset me actually. I think I think our opinions should all be valid. I think they should all be listened to. I don't think anybody should be excluded from the conversation. And I think that anybody who wants to be involved in football dialogue should be allowed to be involved in football dialogue. Um, that's really all I have to say on the matter. Um, but I couldn't not address it, given the fact that it has flooded my timeline for the last 48 hours now in the most depression, depressing of fashion, I have to say. Anyway, um, thanks very much everybody for watching. Um, I've really enjoyed tonight. I've had a, There's been a fair few people in the uh, watching and in the chat and I've really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, I really hope to see a lot of you here. If you can't make it live, this full... Um, broadcast will be up on the YouTube channel in the next half an hour or so after the end of the stream and um, then we'll I'll put clips up throughout the week so that you can digest it in small portions if there's any bit you want to miss or re-watch um, but like I say, don't forget to like and subscribe 
Don't forget to follow me on podcast platforms if that's your preferred way of listening. And um, yeah, thanks very much. I will see you next week.